You know, so think of this as time travel from then to now. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hawkcast, the podcast focusing on the works of one Ethan Hawk. I'm your host, Kyle Amato. I'm your other host, Corey Purcell. Today, our guest is our very good friend, all the way from New Hampshire, John LeMay. Hello, hello, hello. Um, today's film is the epic Boy and His Dog Adventure, Boy and His Dog Adventure, White Fang, 1991. Yeah. Even as a baby. It's true. The, the very end of the, uh, the George H.W. Bush presidency, I believe. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's a very specific time in our history. We've just defeated the Soviets. Yeah, so we decided to make a live-action movie about going to the Yukon. That's true. Based on the Jack London novel. Um, so you had seen this movie before. Uh, yes, I had seen it as a child at some point. Um, it, I, like, we had it like, recorded... Um, like on like the VHS, like straight with like commercials and everything. Um, so I saw it then, but I, I wasn't really familiar with it um, until I watched it last week. Um, mm-hmm. Like I had didn't really remember very much, but it was sort of like always in like the the background growing up. I guess like oh yeah, I yeah. I've seen that. You don't remember anything yeah. about it. I get the gist. Yeah, I yeah. thought that I had seen it, but as we were watching it, I realized I've only seen the Call of the Wild movie because the Call of the Wild movie ends with a bunch of mean men falling into ice, and then the dog goes free. Mm. Like, that didn't happen in this. It's interesting. When I was, like, trying to picture it in my head, like, a while ago, um, like, whenever I pictured, like, the the star of it, I always pictured Christian Bale for some reason. Like, I well, knew it was he, Ethan Hawke. Newsies. It's yeah. Same, yeah. It was the same, literally, like, the same year of yeah. Disney live-action kids movies. And they have, like, the same sort of, like, 90s dude Yeah, that's the middle part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I totally... That makes so much sense. That you, I, it feels like it was on the same set as the Newsies, but <laughs> it true. obviously wasn't. And also the fact that it was shot on location, which this movie is, like, very much, like, it's, letting you know. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Really gorgeous. It's just really... Like, is it, so it, was it filmed in Alaska or in it Canada? Was. Yeah, yeah, in okay. Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. In, like, um, two different spots, I think. So that's, like... One of the things that the movie really has going for it is just like really Location. beautifully shot. Yeah, I was. Um, I, I one of my notes was that it uh, looked like a Disney version or like a Disney attempt at like a Terrence Malick movie. Mm. It was oh. like they were trying to do like all these like Days of Heaven yeah. type shots and really like, really big uh, yeah. sprawling shots. I was thinking of Clouds of Silt Maria, but that's just because any movie with a mountain in it is Clouds of Silt Maria. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, alright, so let's just, let's get to it. It starts with an animal disclaimer saying that no animals were harmed in this film, which I really appreciated. Yeah. I thought that was very the, the animals do a lot of the heavy lifting acting in this movie. <laughs> Honestly, they do. That's true. Well, I think it was at a time when, like, there were just so many movies, like, that were based around animals in a what way that we don't was, have now. What year was Homeward Bound? I, oh, I think it was, like, the same time. It was around yeah. the same time. It might have been a little bit earlier. I want to say it was late 80s, maybe, but, like, definitely I, I think it definitely time. was the 80s. Because um, I remember the poster. I think that was when we were still painting all of our posters. Mm, yes. um, the guy, Drew Struzan, who does yeah, all, all of it. I remember a painted poster of Homeward Bound. I never really watched that when I was little because I didn't like live action stuff. Gotcha. Or dogs. I, um, I liked live action stuff quite a bit back then, but it was only if the animals uh, talked. <laughs> and the animals did talk in Homeward Bound. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
Michael J. Fox is one of the... Really? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which one is he? He's, uh, I think his name's Chance or something like that. Uh, he's, he's a bulldog, I think. I'm better, No, yeah. he's not a bulldog. He's a, um, oh, I forget. Like a little pug? No, uh, maybe like a pit bull. I don't know. Anyway, he's Weird. white. Michael J. Fox's, like, six-year movie career right there is, like, crazy. Stuart Little. Oh, well, God, all that's right. Ted Landis. God. It, it's really weird that he voices Stuart Little. Yeah. But also that the parents are Gina Davis and Hugh Laurie. Mm, that's true. And oh the, cat is, the cat is Nathan Lane. Yes. And the boy is Jonathan Lipnicki. Wait, what the fuck? I haven't seen... I, like, also, saw Stuart Little as a kid. I did not know who any of these people Corey, were at that time, but that's the most insane cast. Corey, it gets weirder. It was written by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Wait, was it actually? Why would I lie to you? I did not know that. Okay, so this is going to be like the second Hawk we've recorded in a row where we mentioned Stuart Little. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a great movie. Okay. Stuart Little 2 is also great. Stuart Little 2 is a lot of things. <laughs> I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Um, but the point of all this is that like around the time, like this was like when... Like a lot of these movies were being made, so like I feel like you really had to have like those disclaimers. Yeah, there was ver- a very high possibility that the animals well, actually were. That's very poor. There's that. Um, this isn't a dog's purpose. The dogs are getting <laughs> out of this river fine. No, right. but there was that um, controversy with the, the Adventures of Milo and Otis, which half of it was like footage from a Japanese movie where they did not. Interesting. Uh, like, take care of the dog. You should look it up. Um, they so there's like, like they like and use similar looking dogs. Yeah, yeah they took footage like. The Japanese one, they, like, punted the dog into the river. Jesus. Basically. Yeah, no, it was wow. very bad. Uh, it was extremely illegal, and that movie is not really circulated. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, I can't I can't think of the last time I saw a movie in theaters with, like, real dog stunts. There were dogs, and it comes at night, but it was just, like, one dog, and it didn't really... It, there were no, like, set pieces there are, with animals. In, in, we, were, we were talking about this bit about how it's like now you would just do CGI instead because mm-hmm. it's going to be right. cheaper, like, you don't have to worry safer. about insurance, it's safer. But, like, there aren't, like, there aren't, like, dog actors, like, that anymore, like, there were in the Dog movies. actors died with moose. Yeah. Exactly. That's the thing, is, like, they, they got, I'd say, moose-worthy performances out of Jed. Uh, moose is, for you, John, is the uh, dog, the name of the dog actor that played Eddie on Frasier. Uh, he was uh, also, most beloved dog. He was wow. also my dog, Skip. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, with uh, Frankie... Yeah, Frankie... Frankie Muniz. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he yeah. was just like the like the most well paid dog actor in America. Was he on what magazine was he on the cover of? Entertainment Weekly. I thought it was TV Guide. It was TV Guide. It's just, but just like back when just, TV Guide was a thing. But it's just like, like it's just the dog. It's like this is an article about the Frazier's pal Eddie. That's <laughs> I, what it said. I'm trying to think of movies that like star dogs. Like obviously a dog's purpose. Um, my dog Skip. Well, like I'm, th- I'm talking Marley like right me. now. Marley me is. I mean, what year was Marmaduke? Which starred Lee Pace, 2010. Oh, Corey, I did not know there was a Lee Pace Marmaduke movie. I did a lot of things for Lee Pace. <laughs> the um, there's a movie that involves like a, a combat dog that like came out or is oh, coming out. Uh, Sergeant Levy or whatever, Megan Levy. Yeah, but there was also Max because Lauren Graham is in that one. Max. Max is just about a a former soldier dog who retires and goes to a family. Um, and he, like, adjusts to living a normal life because he has, like, doggy PTSD. That sounds nice. Yeah, it's apparently pretty good. Um, Lauren Graham plays the mom in it. Okay. Um, I feel like that, like, that's, like, the that. most one. Yeah. Most and besides Dog's one. Purpose, which I don't want to talk about because it's evil. Right, <laughs> right, right. They did not earn that disclaimer at the very Yeah, exactly. Top, so they really no animals were harmed. Um, so, yeah, it starts with wolf puppies. 
Dirk is Wolf Puppies. Adorable. And then really cute little wolf uh, we were talking just like I like the um, like it, the slideshow of yeah. the Alaskan Gold Rush kind of title sequence, which was fun. Like photos from the actual. Alaskan yeah, not and then gold, and then slowly rush. easing into okay, now here are our panoramic shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's actually a really cool shot because it's all in black and white, obviously, because the photos are, are legit. And then yeah, then it has like a shot of like the like Alaskan like mountain like landscape, and then it like slowly fades into color. It's yeah. very skillfully done. Cinematography in the movie is, is pretty it's solid. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. It's clearly, like, a step above just studio cinematography. Yeah. yeah. Agree. That, like, Walt Disney and uh, Touchstone kept around to just be, like, um... Like, I can't... I don't think The Rookie is spectacularly well-made or, like, Dennis, well... Dennis Quaid? Yeah, I mean, he's really good in it, but, yeah. like... Jeez, I haven't thought about that movie in a long time. I've been thinking a lot about live-action Disney movies. Yeah. Um, well, it, so it's, I don't know, for me it's because live-action Disney movies are so frequently just, like, a closed set, so it's, yeah. like, it feels so much tighter, yeah. or this movie is just, like, so wide open The rookie is pretty spread out, because it's in Texas, and a lot of it is just about, like, gotcha. Texas dying. Right. Um, but then you compare it to something like Miracle, which obviously takes place on a hockey rink. Yeah, and you can... is a hockey rink. <laughs> right. That makes sense. Um, so, yeah, starts with both puppies, really cute, and, um... Then a boat comes in to the Yukon. Let's see, young Ethan Hawke. Um, what's his last name? Jack. Jack. Conway? Jack Conway, I think. If yeah, right. I wrote it down. Conroy. Jack Conroy. 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 Yeah. He is our wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, cherubic angel of a protagonist. He's a city slicker looking to make his uh, make a <laughs> splash in the uh, Alaskan gold rush. Yeah, where there was no gold. Right. <laughs> and people died. People and shot died each other. Off. For, for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much for every... I, okay, did you guys learn, like, way too much about the Gold Rush in elementary school? Because I feel like I learned... I think all my knowledge about the Gold Rush is post, like, formal education. Okay, because, like, yeah. I learned a lot about the Gold Rush in eighth grade for no reason. <laughs> I just... I read, like... We read, like, four different books about it. We read White Thing and Call of the Wild. Yeah. And then, like, two more, like, fiction-y, non-fiction ones. But I just... I found out so much. And then, like, people, the 1849ers, like, the minor 49ers, the Scooby-Doo yeah. thing, like, how California happened. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. It's a weird part of American history, for sure. I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of cool to, like, when I realized, I'm like, oh, it's about the gold rush. I'm like, I feel like I don't see movies about, like, the Alaskan gold rush that often, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, does The Revenant take place during the gold rush? No. It's much They're earlier. It's much earlier. Yeah, okay. I think it's, like, before, like, the, like America was like yeah there's frontiers yeah it was, yeah frontiers yeah, yeah that's crazy it was much more about like um like the fur trade and there was like actually just a um gold rush TV show on I think Sundance TV it was on at the same like after Happen Leonard um starring Rob Stark oh that's as funny. like a gold rusher yeah uh, I think it got it. canceled yeah he looks the part <laughs> um but that's pretty much it so here we've got Ethan. And he's he's ready to take it on. He's gonna find his dad's place. I, I love that he is a city slicker coming in and is immediately accosted by drunk townies. Yeah, that's yeah, just the first <laughs> thing that happens is just some adult men are just hassling this boy. We don't like out of towners. <laughs> You're not from around here, are you? Yeah. No, sir. I yeah. just came here. <laughs> came here to make an honest living. <laughs> oh, you'll learn pretty soon, <laughs> boy. Um. So yeah, he meets up with that. The nice German man and his friend in their coffin. Yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're they're um, yeah. He meets um, his dad's kind of friend, I guess. It's not really explored his that friend. much. Yeah, and um, 
he's this this German man. friends as you have out in the wilderness. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he's a German man named Alex, and he says he'll take him to his father's claim, and like he's transferring like a body in a coffin. Because, yeah, they have like, this whole like as I lay dying. Yeah, like, totally like, first do. Act is it's really bizarre. <laughs> My mama is a fish. <laughs> great book. Great book. I know. It's um, um, so yeah. So there, like he he tags along and. Immediately, like the Alex doesn't really care too much for for Ethan because he's know like a fuck yeah, he's a city slicker. Uh, I like down. every character in the movie can't take Ethan seriously as oh, a prospector. Yeah. It's like <laughs> get out of here. Like this yeah. is this. Uh uh-uh. uh. He's a child. This yeah. is like what his character did after Dead Poet Society. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He to get out of there. <laughs> Got out of his New England boarding school and then just head straight to shipped Cal- up to the Yukon. A hundred years in the past. <laughs> So it's uh, we, we talked about this while we were watching it, but um, so prior to watching it, kind of like in preparation, I I read the the book, the um, mm-hmm. White Fang book, and it's it's they, so good. It's it's great. They make a lot of like structural like changes though, because most the book is about the dog or wolf, the wolf dog, um, in a way that the book or the movie is just like really about the dog and it's about Ethan. Yeah. Um, it's about their relationship. It's, it's, a, their it's, relationship. it's a boy and his dog. Movie. Yeah, exactly, and like sort of like they're. Pair, like parallel, like growing up, and like mm-hmm. you know, they're both kind of coming age, coming of age at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you know, while all this is happening um, with Ethan, we also get some shots of baby the baby White Fang growing up, adorable. Yeah, these adorable, like absolutely dialogueless, like just shots of wolf pup, wolf puppies yeah. for like playing. like playing for like eleven minutes, and like, also eating like decapitated fish yeah. and, and like rabbit pods, like yeah. chasing. Um, one point, the little puppy. Um, well, wait, is that after the mom? It's after yeah. yeah, never mind. Um, so yeah, Ethan starts out on his adventure. He's got too much stuff. And yeah, there's that great scene where he, uh, the German guy dumps all the books out and is like, yeah. you don't need this crap out here. Yeah, yeah. Only take what you can carry. Exact same scene happens in Wild. <laughs> and it's revealed that he can't read. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is a very, I feel like, um... Disney nineties yeah. plot line is like a child teaching an adult to yeah, read. Yeah, it's there's so many scenes that are like, you know, charming. Yeah. Which is Well also we like you were talking about this, John, how it's got so many um so, like these really hokey yeah. kind of scenes where it's like, why was that in this? Yeah, like, but it's it's just like a very tip of like a typical like family adventure kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. Like have something that'll like, like make the all bar, these kids the bar the bar owner. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, exactly. Like the sassy, tough, yeah, butch bar owner. Like at one point, one like one guy like tugs on her like pants and is like, "Why don't you ever wear dresses?" And she's like, "Cause then I wouldn't be able to do this." And then she just kicks him. It's like stupid stuff like that. We were like, "Okay, that's they were like, having fun with this with the screenplay." That's yeah. like every sole female character in their cartoon yeah. for a while. <laughs> Precisely. So uh, Ethan nearly drowns. Yeah, falls falls down a mountain, then falls through a frozen lake. Mm-hmm. Nearly dies. Oh well, we gotta talk about how the corpse falls out. Yeah, God, the uh, the corpse sliding down <laughs> falls out of the casket and is like sliding down this mountain, skidding across the ice. This, this was, blue corpse, it's like, like so bloated and rubber looking. Ethan sees it happen. He's just like, oh my, <laughs> my books. And he like tries to go get the body and drag it back, and he falls right in the ice. And then he pulls up on the corpse to get out, which. <laughs> Felt unnecessary. Yeah, it was a bit much. Like, he could have found, they could have found some way for him to fall through the ice without getting, like, the corpse. And the corpse just looks, you you gotta watch the movie just for that. Like, it's like, 
the way that the makeup is, like the hair. It's I was like, so surprised uh, they went for it. Like, yeah. It was too goofy to be gruesome. Yeah, exactly. And if, what if, was, if it were pulled off, it would be too gruesome to be in like a family adventure movie. Mm-hmm. We, like unnecessarily morbid. We've talked about ratings a little bit before on the podcast. What was this rated? Was this PG? I pulled it open. Hold on. Yeah. Yep, PG, because it's got yeah. blood. It's, but it's... it's they say back, damn once. Yeah, but still it's back when, like, uh, just dead bodies in a movie doesn't give you PG-13. Well, just right. think about the fucking Goonies. I mean, yeah. the Goonies... I can't use Goonies as an example, because that and Gremlins were, like, why PG-13... Right. Well, that, Gremlins, and Temple of Doom yeah. were why PG-13 was invented. Right. But this isn't nearly as graphic or, like, implying that a bunch of gangsters are going to murder... Well... Well... Never mind. Yeah, yeah it's true. different though. Those yeah, were no, no, I know, yeah, different stakes or different types of stakes. Yeah. So then, so then they they, um, like to to nurse Ethan back to to health because he falls through the yeah the water. Mm-hmm. They like make a fire and then while they make the fire, they burn his books. Yeah, they burn. Yeah, they burn the books, make the fire, and then like once he's like sort of getting back to like stability, um, like the wolves start attacking him essentially. Mm-hmm. And I really love that we, like, I just want to mention it now, but having the disclaimer at the end of the movie where they're just like, there have been no cases of packs of wolves ever yeah. attacking humans. But this whole movie you have, like, and especially in the beginning, you have, like, oh, those are wolves. Like, it's the, they're the devils on Earth. Yeah. It's like, n- no one cares about wolves this much. It's, like, it's yeah. entirely manufactured. Wolves are fine. Yeah, they're, they're doing their thing. We're doing ours. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so the wolves attack, uh, kill the other... The other, companion, like, yeah, wise cracking companion. Yeah, the one who actually liked Ethan yeah. for unknown reasons. He's like a kind old man who, he just, who steals he his that. he steals his gum. Yeah. Um, but that guy that guy gets the killed by wolves off screen. Yeah. After shooting White Fang's mom, mm, who bleeds out. Yeah. Yeah, she crawls back to the cage. Get to see her pups one last time. I know. Yeah, that was like a real ter- tearjerker scene of White Fang like resting on his mom. Yeah, and like they indicate that time has passed because like he wakes up and like he's like covered in the snow. And yeah, like her corpse is frozen, and his it's his first initiation into how cruel mm-hmm. reality can be. And then we yeah. have a really good montage of him sucking at being a wolf. <laughs> yeah, he can't catch any fish, and he gets really awkward, embarrassed, and looks. Licks the water. <laughs> Can't catch any mice. Isn't going to make it out on his own. He's yeah. so cute. He falls through, like, into the ice cave, which is actually, it's actually a really yeah. beautiful moment. Yeah, what the we, yeah, we should talk about the ice cave, if only to talk about, um, as a way to talk about the soundtrack for oh, this yeah. movie, which is so disparate of, like, have it, you'll have, like, pretty traditional, like, especially for, like, a 90s adventure movie, like, just, like, orchestral soundtrack, and then just these weird intermittent bits of, like, late 80s, early 90s synth, yeah. like, ambient music. So sparkly. Yeah. Yeah, like, so when they're in the cave, like, when he, when he's, like, when the cave, like, you have, like, these, like, chimes. Yeah, way too many chimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think you guys actually, you guys talked about with, um. Uh, Dead Poet Society. Yeah, it's like got that, a really like, similar kind of like uneasiness with it. It's like or like just weird relationship to its soundtrack of like doesn't know what it wants to be. Yeah, yeah, it's really bizarre. Which I, I guess is just a trend of movies at the, of that time. But or wasn't it a thing with this that like one of the people doing the soundtrack was yeah. like halfway through? Yeah, I found out that yeah. So the guy who started off doing I don't remember his name. It wasn't like someone like super well known, but he stopped for some reason or like they brought in Hans Zimmer. But the end result, like they they use both of their like pieces of from both of them. Yeah. So that might be what caused the, dis- the disparity, or who knows? Maybe Hans Zimmer was just like into synths at that point, and he like who knows? Yeah. To that them. would make sense. <laughs> I, I could easily see that. We all gotta go through our synth phase. So what's next? Time skip. 
Ethan goes back to the town. Yeah. Uh, go, goes to the bar, meets... Uh, we, we've got the two women in the... The three women in this movie. There's the butch bar owner. Yes. <laughs> uh, Alex's love interest. Yeah. And then this very brief scene of Ethan walking back, like, to, like, wherever he's staying in the town, and there is just a very young prostitute in a doorway trying to seduce him, and he yeah. just kind of throws his hands up being like, oh, well. Yeah, he just, like, shrugs and walks away. And it happens right after he, he like, has dinner with Alex and Alex's, like, girlfriend. Paramore. Yeah, and, and, and he's... And or he's even, like, is actively cock-blocking Alex so that he can get the information he wants. He's like, I will leave you alone so you can have sex if you show me where my dad's client yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. And Alex <laughs> is like, I will I will do it if you get out of here in two minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then he just, like, leaves. And then on his way out, like, he has this weird scene with, with the young prostitute, which I guess, like, is to maybe show, like, a, like this some sort of, like, coming-of-age thing of, like... You but know. it's definitely just feels like it's one uh, super tacked on, yeah. but two like really like solidifies this movie's role as a like boys' adventure movie in oh, the nineteen yeah. eighties and nineties where women are just not characters at all. Oh, he's yeah. also a devious little queer. So <laughs> it could also just be to illustrate that he has no sexual interest in in women. Yeah, or potentially anyone. Who knows? Yeah, but it's like the same. He's just character. a boy who loves his dog. Yeah. It's the same uh, girl characters in the Newsies, except yeah. one of them is fucking Anne Margaret, which is. That's bizarre. Which she really weird. Won, which she won a Razzie for. Oh, yeah, that's nice. And where she was nominated, at least. Wow. Both yeah. well, her and Robert Duvall. It is weird that Robert Duvall is in that movie. <laughs> it's very he's really great. fucking slumming it. Yeah, that's um, true. He's alive. I know. Yeah. He's in a. I saw him in something recently. Maybe not. Maybe I made that up. He's in Secondhand Lines. Okay, so, that's like 2004. Dude. Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> when I think of something with Robert Duvall, that's what comes to mind. But he's definitely been in something more recently. He was in that movie where he's planning his own funeral with Bill Murray. What? Get Low. Okay. Oh, he was in the uh, the Judge as well. Oh, that's right. That's his a, most recent role. Starring a Skidmore, or not starring, featuring a Skidmore alum. John Barathol's in it. No, Paul Emil. Paul Emil. Oh, he's in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Good Paul for him. Paul. Yeah. Great that movie seemed terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, all right, so let's just get to when yeah, so while, Ethan meets White Fang. So while Ethan is having awkward misadventures in town, <laughs> White Fang eventually gets uh, like trapped by Native American hunters, and then they like recognize that he's part dog, part wolf, and we're like, okay, that's, he's going to be a great work dog, so they just kind of yeah. take him in and domesticate him. And they name him White, white fang. fang because he has fangs, and they are white. Like any fang, I suppose. Like, I guess he could have, like, yellow fangs, but... Like, these are particularly <laughs> white fangs. Yeah. Um, but yet another movie for this podcast where they say the name of the movie. Yeah. It's a good good list so far. Yeah. Um, so then uh, Ethan and Alex eventually visit this, like, uh, Native American settlement, and that's where Ethan meets White Fang again mm-hmm. after uh, briefly meeting. meeting him in the in the wilderness. And it's not really established if, like, they, if he knows that yeah, White yeah. Fang is the, the, the puppy that what he saw earlier. What does the music earlier. tell you? That's true. The motif comes in. It's, <laughs> it's the, yeah, the sound of recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, so they hang for a little bit, and, uh, oh, and, uh, oh, and White Fang uh, saves him. During the yeah, there's the bear attack. The bear attack. Let's, let's just the get, bear. Let's yeah. get into the nightmare bear attack. Yeah, Ethan's getting some wood. A bear shows up. Just out of nowhere, he sees. Oh, look at that moose! Oh my god, that's a bear! Yeah, which and also, but like White Fang kind of like leads him into it. Like he's following White Fang, and then like so he's <laughs> White like, Fang's fault. <laughs> we could argue it, but this we movie's won't. not. If this movie was like secretly about a dog trying to kill Ethan Hawke, yeah, or just maybe trying to like you know he knew that he could learn into the bear, and then he would like 
save him and they would you know, guarantee food. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Crafty. Um, very crafty. But uh, so the scene is starring Bert the Bear, Bart. the acting bear of the time, and another great animal actor in this movie. Gentle Ben. <laughs> yeah, he's apparently a very famous, uh, very famous bear. Um, and, he uh, bear retired. He got, he got to bear retired, yeah. and then he got bear cancer, and he died. Oh is, that, is that true? Uh, that's what I saw on the Wikipedia page. Wow, I don't doubt it. Um, yeah, but I mean, the... the, the, the what, else was, what else was he in? He was in The Bear. The Bear. Which came out, like, I think a year before. Um, I think he does, like, TV work. I wouldn't be surprised if he was in an episode of, like, Columbo. <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? Bear Attack. Bear Attack. Yeah, very well done. Um, like, another aspect of the film that, like, is pretty, pretty high quality. Um, very frightening. Very mm-hmm. frightening. Very believable. Um, yeah, I mean, we were, when we were watching the movie, I, I, I mentioned how, um, like, as, like, a point of, like, comparison, right after I watched this, I, I watched the, um, the bear attack scene from The Revenant, which is, like, all CGI. Yeah. And you can, even though The Revenant is great and that, that scene is great, like, you yeah. can really notice the difference. It's really cool just to see, like, some high-quality um, animal, animal acting. Was it also, like, pretty dark? Yeah, yeah, super dark, yeah, whereas, like, this was... Yeah, this is a yeah, full-time, middle the of the day. day. Yeah, yeah, a lot of this, so much of this happens during the day, it's wonderful. <laughs> Such, always a relief in a movie when the action isn't happening at night. Yeah, it's easy to see what's going on. So White Fang saves, saves uh, Ethan from Bart the Bear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's when they really realize that they had something special, I think. Yeah, and then they become good friends. Yeah. Well, first we have uh, oh, right. the Native American trapper brings some pelts with White Fang into the mm-hmm. town, mm-hmm. and then just gets hassled by locals. Just the same, the same, locals. the same townies that hassled Ethan when he moved in. It's eventually revealed because everything in this movie has to be like circular and link back to its beginning. Disney was afraid of this just being episodic, like yeah. the Jungle Book or something. Yeah, there's, exactly. only, there's only one town like in the Yukon where people like. <laughs> yeah, everyone. Out. It's like I said during the movie. Everyone just got here. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But so the these townies hassle this dude enough. Like they first sick their dog on the wolf dog on White Fang just because they're like, ew, that's a wolf. My, I want get to him. get him. Which yeah. is, why not? That's a fine reaction. Yeah. Different. <laughs> but then then uh, White Fang kicks this dog's ass. Yeah. Yeah. And then they get mad at the dude. It's like your dog your dog hurt my dog. Like, you. <laughs> yeah, and he says like, don't you know it's illegal to bring like wolves into the town, which may or may not be true. Yeah, <laughs> and they totally take advantage of him, and he tries to the, the Native American tries to give them some fur like in exchange, yeah, like to make up what for a waste it. of fur. Yeah, exactly. Bad. And then they're like, no, but we'll take that dog off your hands. And then and then enter White Fang into the fabulous world of dog fighting. Yeah. Oh, and we should note that the name of the the guy who's like <laughs> leading this like group of townies who are just assholes is named um, Beauty Smith. And which is, is he's also a character in the novel. Yeah. And he's uh, played by James Ramar, Dexter's dad. He's tasty in this film. He earns the name Beauty. Yeah. <laughs> Quite handsome. He's tasty. Yeah, so he becomes like his prize fighter in this dog fighting scene. Which, appa- which apparently is quite large. Quite large and quite lucrative. Because, like, there's, like, a moment where, like, he's, like, dressing just like a normal, like, you know, prospector or, like, townie in Alaska would. And then, like, at some point, like, after White Fang has cl- clearly won a couple fights, he, like, comes in and he has, like, a nice <laughs> vest and, like, a pocket watch and, like, a, a cane with, like, a silver top. Like, just to indicate that now he's rolling in it. He's my the first thing, yeah, the first thing he did was walk into the tailor and say, make me look like a rich man. <laughs> 
Did it work? <laughs> it worked quite well. I, I was yeah, convinced. I'd say so. But it's established that he's like super abusive towards. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, well, that big dog fighting. It's the worst That's thing. That's something yeah. I distinctly remember from this and Call of the Wild. Because mm. um, Call of the Wild is just uh, a wolf getting dicked around until he gives up and becomes a dog. Where's <laughs> um, the other way around? No, yeah, it's about a dog. Yeah, it's a dog who gets dicked around, so he then joins the wolves. That's what it is. Yeah, because his last owner is so terrible that he gets killed by ice and, like, disappears, and uh, Call of the Wild is standing there just being like, and then he sees the wolves, and he's like, and he goes. Guess I'll go with the wolves. And in those books, it's implied that Call of the Wild is the father of White Fang, because mm. half-dog. Yeah. But obviously that doesn't play into the... And both sort of, like, and I guess the movie kind of gets into this, but dealing with, like, this idea of, like, nature and nurture and, mm-hmm. like, you know, instinct and whether or not, like, you can really take the wild out of someone, like, what it means to tame someone and whether it's, yeah. like, a good thing to tame someone. Yeah. Um, which is kind of sort of implied in the movie, but mm-hmm. I don't think Jack London would have been too happy about it. Yeah, not the... A little more sensationalized in his very cold, like, detached yeah. writing style. Yeah, because he has that other short story that's just, like, a guy slowly dying... To build a fire. That's the thing. I teach it. I teach it in, ah, in school. Ah, there you go. Yeah. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here, yeah. I'm expert on all of I, I remember that. I remember reading that when we were reading all of these, and I was like, yeesh. Yeah. It's, it's basically just the, the metaphor of the... <laughs> no, this, that's dumb, but it's so funny. Um... Terry Pratchett once said, like, uh, teach a man to set a fire, he'll be warm for a day. You set a man on fire, he'll be warm for the rest of his life. Yeah, <laughs> precisely, precisely. It relates, it relates. Yeah. Um, so then, like, at some point, how do they, how do their lives intersect again? Um, he just shows up when, like, there's, like, the dog fight happens, and he's yeah. just there. Well, this oh, one yeah. town, everyone just got here. Yeah, and it's, like, like there, there's a bust at the dog fight, and Ethan yeah. just kind of, sh- like, there, uh, White Fang gets injured uh, really badly by, like, a pit bull, mm. and then um, there's a bust on this dog fighting ring, and Ethan just kind of comes in and just tells Judy, it's, like, I'm taking this dog. He's like, you gotta pay me first. And he's like, I paid you the day I moved here and you robbed me. Oh, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. you got me. Very quick moment of recognition <laughs> yeah, on the part of Ethan. Yeah. And Beauty's just like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I'll get you. Alright, take my evidence, sure. Like, he's just trying to get paid to have Ethan not take the evidence away. Right. Even though, like, I'm pretty sure, like, there's a scene where, like, it shows, like, this big, like, banner in the barn that just says, like, Beauty Smith's, like, wolf dog or something. He had a hand-painted sign. Like, like other people made money off of Beauty making this much money. Come see my freak dog before I sick him on someone. Right. So Beauty's not, he's not getting off, uh, not getting off easy. So then they nurse him, uh, Alex and, and Ethan nurse White Fang back to life. At, Ethan, at uh, Ethan's dad's uh, old claim. Right. Yep. They, they fix up the cabin together. It's really nice. Yeah. It's a, it's a cute little cabin. It's a little rundown, but it's got a lot of heart. It's yeah. a rapper. Yeah. yeah. And, and there, there's a scene where it's kind of, they, uh, Alex tells uh, Jack, like, oh, well, you can't, like, you can't train that dog to be, like, fr- like you can't, like, make that dog friendly or something. He's like, he was domestic once, or, like, yeah. Yeah. he was trained once, he can be again. Yeah, yeah, All we need is to show him, like, some kindness. And it's, like, it's like totally, that. The, like, like that's, like, the most this movie even hints at, like, we were talking about, like, the nature-nurture ideas that you get <laughs> in the book. And yeah. instead it's just, like, oh, here's an idea. Right. It's, like, this is very much just a movie about, like, uh, people and, and relationships and not a movie about ideas. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, like, a little hint of it. If you need to, like, be anchored in some sort of larger theme. Yeah, like, like here's the theme. Yeah, you're, like, the one they use for the trailer. Yeah. Um, they just... 
They become great friends out there in the wilderness. They become great friends, and we get some great scenery. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Ethan works on mining while he's teaching Alex to read. And they find some gold. And they, find... they find, like, a shit ton of gold. Yeah. They're the only people who have ever found gold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they, well, I think it's because it's because um, Ethan gets stuck in a mine. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, White Fang saves him. Yeah. Of Again. And then, yeah, they, they find some gold, and they... Bring it to bring it to the town, and they discover that they're they're filthy rich. Yeah, you get the great scene of the very old Chinese man melting down the gold, and then like turning to a brick and then nodding, yeah, yeah, like yeah. to Ethan, just been going on. Like, yeah, no, you're good. It's, it's gold. It's yep. gold. Yeah, it's really gold. It's not pyrite. Fool's gold. <laughs> Learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot about the gold rush. Clearly, in this in this gold rush unit. Yeah. So yeah, let's e- just Ethan find some gold, and then. The, beauty, so the, beauty and his ghouls come catch back. Catch wind of it and like really just try to kill this boy. Yeah, they <laughs> they tie up the flume from the fireplace so that it gets filled with smoke. The the cabin. Yeah, it escalates so quickly. Like at first, I was like, "Oh, what are they gonna do? Maybe they're gonna try and steal um, like White Fang back or something yeah. like that." But they're gonna like, no. split Ethan's fucking throat. <laughs> they're gonna kill these guys. They're gonna kill these guys. Take their gold. Act like it never happened. Yeah. Even though there's, like, proof, they, like, Ethan just got back from town. Yeah, like, he everyone had, saw him there. There's documentation that he found this gold. Um, I guess they didn't think that that far ahead. Yeah. They don't seem like the most intelligent bandits. No, yeah. they're freaks. Yeah, which, speaking of that, and kind of going back to, like, my issue with the movie and, like, all, like, the hokey mm-hmm. shit that gets, that's involved, um, when the, when the three guys are, like, open, open firing on the, uh, Mm-hmm. On the cabin, yeah. there are just like some like really dumb moments where they're like cracking wise. And, uh, and like, like White Thing bites a beauty on the butt. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and like a pretty like heavy or not heavy, like a pretty tense moment. Like yeah, yeah he's it's gonna like, kill him, and then he like, like turns around and like, like they've set fire to the cabin, have been shooting at the boy, the dog, and the adult, and it's just like actually a very high tension scene. And it's like oof, butt grab. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's weird. It gets like deflated almost like um. Like a Looney Tunes thing. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. ah, bit my bottom. It's just like Yosemite Sam runs away. Right, exactly. Yeah, the other two guys are just like totally like rendered completely useless by Beauty Gang getting... Yeah, like, they're like, the oh, our handsome leader has been defeated. What must we do? <laughs> right, we do? Like, exactly. Just kind of surrender. back. Yeah. So they they capture they them and bring them burn to down town. The house. <laughs> yeah, you capture them, bring them back to town so they can get arrested. And Alex has tons of money, and like a sane person leaves the fucking Yukon to go to San Francisco now that he's rich. Yeah, yeah. to be a person. And then Ethan Hawke just says, "No, I'm gonna stay here with my dog." Yeah, but well, we prior, do have we do have the scene. Yeah, prior to that, you have to have the scene because because they can't take the Rex Fang yeah. to, to the city it's, because he's like not. Good for city life. He's a wolf. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's the requisite. Get out of here. Can't you see we don't want you anymore? Yeah. Go on. Get out of here. And he throws, like, sticks. It's actually, like, a pretty solid moment. No, and he's, he's, Ethan's good at Ethan's it. Ethan's doing yeah. a, like, great job emoting. It's similar to, um, just, like, a few years earlier in Dead Poets Society, of, like, him finding out that, um... Robert Sean Robert Leonard's, Sean Leonard's character died. That right. it's just, like, this, like, this, like, overcome a weeping. Yeah, that, like, he's, he's great. As a teenager, he's very good at. He's yeah. very good at crying. Yeah. He's a good crier. It's true. <laughs> That's important. Not easy to do. Yeah, no, it's certainly not. So White, so White Fang does eventually say, yeah. Well, yeah. He, he raises the stick at him, and it right. reminds White Fang of his trauma, and he runs away. And oh, yeah, I never thought about that. That's what it was. It was it's a stick that looked just like Beauty's. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I was wondering, because like, he threw like, rocks at him, and I was like, why yeah. is it the stick? No, it's because he got beat. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Good. This movie's awesome. all about trauma. Right, and that's that's very true. It's about trauma and healing. Right. Even though we don't get like very much insight into Ethan's trauma and like what the deal is with his Yeah, it's just very vaguely his dad was dead like his dad was a mi- like a gold miner and then died and they didn't know each other well, but he feels like all this commitment to him. Yeah, we got a picture we got a scene where when he gets to the cabin he like finds the picture yeah. of his family and there's like a pocket watch there. And, uh, but it's, it's really not a developed storyline or like emotional note at all. No, no. He no. doesn't even have like a picture of his. Well, we find the picture of his family later, but he's not like carrying one with him. Right. Yeah, he's not carrying any piece of his father with but him. But in in his father's house, there is a picture of him. Yeah. yeah. As a child, yeah. Exactly. Which is nice. Yeah. They did. They it would have been worse if they didn't have that. Where's mommy then? <laughs> But so Ethan says goodbye to White Fang tearfully, then doesn't go back to San Francisco and just goes back to the claim. Yep. So naturally gets his dog back. Yeah. Yeah, White Fang came home. Yeah. Although prior to that, he he like has the moment where he tells Alex, like, I'm not gonna yeah. go with you. And they like say goodbye. And it's And we're talking fine. about how it's like it's just not like for this is like this man this man is really the father figure in his life. And they've yeah. been through a lot together. He taught this man to read, they this man saved his life a bunch of times. Yeah. And, and it's he just can like, save his because of White Fang. Yeah, but it's just like, no, it's like, all right, goodbye. Yeah. I'll miss you. He's like, you've made your choice, and I respect it. They don't even, like, cry, really. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a very uh, very masculine goodbye. Yeah. yeah. Like nod and shake, a hug and shake hands, and yeah. then he goes by, back to the back to the claim, and that's where, yeah, that's where he meets White Fang. White Fang, and then it ends with them walking along the beautiful scenery. Yeah, gorgeous shot for the ending, but yeah. it really just fucking ends. It's yeah. Like, it's, it's literally, like, he sees White Fang, they, like, run toward each other, like, half yeah. in slow motion, half, like, normal he, speed. He, like, licks his face. Yeah, and, like, then it just, like, zooms out and then it flashes like the end which yeah maybe I guess like that's how you got it on like another two minutes maybe Jed's name is the first one in the credits yeah starring Jed star of that film yeah he was great 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 wolf dog yeah um so yeah John you had a little bit of a box office thing for us yeah so I'm really excited for yeah I just I was so curious about like how it did like because like we were saying earlier, like there's such a specific, it's such a specific market, and like I feel like yeah. movies like that don't really do that well now. Or exist. Or exist. Yeah, yeah and if they we, do, we talked about this when we went to watch Explorers. That like the yeah. only movie really like this at all is Hunt of the Wilder People, which is just mm. a weird New Zealand movie. It's right. not like it's a big box office production like this was. Is it okay? Yeah. It did okay, but I'm not saying like it's not like it's a, it's not like it's a Disney movie. Yeah, right. no, Disney's no. not throwing money at projects like this. No, right, it's really not. But in terms of how it did. Back then, in 1991, it was number 38 okay. on uh, the 1991 box office. So domestic, total, I, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as like a point of reference, I looked at like because I didn't know what 38 meant. Like obviously, we know what like number one. Yeah, number I one mean, on the top, top 10. 50 is good. Yeah, exactly. So um, for if we're looking at like recent years, number 38 in the box office. Um, for 2016, was the Purge election year? That movie's amazing. I, I haven't uh, seen it. Soon. Yeah. We're going to be talking yeah, about we'll the Purge. Yeah, we'll have to talk about the Purge, because the first Purge, Ethan oh. Hawke plays the security salesman. Oh, it's Ethan Hawke and Lena Headey, and it's amazing. It's Ethan Hawke's world, and we're all just in it. But that's always what it's been. Bro. That's what this podcast is all about. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, what's 2015? 2015 is uh, Goosebumps. <laughs> I never actually watched it. I really should. Me neither. 2014 is Annie. Oh. Yeah, I remember poor, that. That poor thing. Yeah, it never stood a chance. Preventine did not deserve that. <sighs> well, originally... Uh, the reason that movie exists is because uh, for Willow's birthday, Will Smith bought the rights to Annie oh. so she could star in it. That was nice of him. And then she <laughs> was like, no, I want to do my own music. Oh, my and God. And like, oh, I 
guess I'll just make Annie. I can't believe Annie exists because uh, the Smiths have too much money. Yeah. yeah. I forget what he bought Jaden. The Karate Kid? I, I guess it had to have been the Karate Kid. It's a nice package deal. Um, um, for t- 2013, it's um, Elysium. Oh, that was a terrible movie. Yeah, that movie was. Jodie yeah. Foster's accent in this movie, that movie, is one of the worst things that's ever happened I've to me. Seen it. What's her, what, what is the accent she's trying to adopt? Rich. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, of course. In terms of, um, so in talking about the what, box office, I like also. Con- contemporary? Yeah, uh, yeah, contemporaries for White Fang, yeah. 1993, um, mm-hmm. number 38 was The Piano. Oh, that um, is what uh, Anna Paquin won. Uh, yeah. Best supporting. Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. She's I, like I the youngest that. actress to win um, oh, best supporting. Yeah. Um, number uh, nineteen ninety two. I'm really excited about this. Is Encino Man? Oh, you guys know this? God. I've never actually seen. Brendan it. Fraser, Sean Astin. You know the plot though, right? I actually don't. He's a caveman who gets defrosted in like the valley. Yeah, by Sean Astin and Polly Shore. Yeah. And and they're like, whoa! Like this is wild. We have this like. Neanderthal, we should bring, because they're, they're geeks, they're like nerds, and like, we'll bring him to school with us, and we'll be super popular because of him. There's a South Park episode of that. Yeah. It's, it's based off that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah, so, so that's it's a that's really ridiculous movie. Yeah. Okay. Brendan Fraser. In, I didn't know it was Brendan Fraser. In true form, yeah. Um, 1990, so 91 was White Fang, 90 yeah. is um, Predator 2. Never saw Predator 2. Yeah. Nor have I seen the first one. It's okay. Yeah. And then 1989 is The Bear, Whoa. starring Bart the Bear from Bart Fang. Bart, Bart, Bart the Bear has got that 38 yeah, spot on lock. That's yeah. crazy. I know. That's wild. really like a big coincidence. I there. agree. <laughs> so it's, it's Ethan's world. Yeah, yeah. we're all just living it's Bart's in world. Yes, <laughs> um, Ethan and Bart's world. Yeah, so that kind of like gives it. So I love box office stuff. Like, yeah. It's just weird, synchronistic things that happen like that all the time. Um, and another Ethan fact, which we discussed much earlier, but I think Dead Poets is still his highest grossing movie. Wow. Yeah. Not, yeah. It makes sense. I mean, yeah. it has a lot of longevity to it. Yeah, um, of course. Um, and everything else he makes is made for like $7 in a pack of sweet tarts. So like, right. <laughs> that's true. At least until this summer with Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. France's most expensive movie. Can't but wait. apparently they're like... Um, Luke Besson was talking about the budget and he's like oh yeah like 95% of it is covered it's only like we only have to make like 5% of it back so we're fine what? I don't heard by what? is this like some French art some French shit? I don't know but like that movie can do whatever it wants and it will just exist that's bizarre wow yeah I can't wait for it it's gonna be bizarre I'm so excited to see Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets where Ethan Hawke plays Rihanna's pimp Um, wow I know what a life (laughs) I also, um, I did a little research on the director. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's directed by Randall, Randall Kleiser. Okay. Um, who has an interesting uh, filmography to him. Is he one of those guys that the studio just kept around? Like, uh, Kenny Johnson is an example I use a lot because he does a lot of TV work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget if his name, it's like Kenny Johnson. It's a name. It's gotcha. like a human name. He did all the high school musicals. Oh, okay. Or it's like Kenny Ortega. Kenny Ortega. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He does. He did. Um, he did. Um, Newsies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's weird. just like us. The guy that um, Disney keeps around of like, can you make this mid-level fine thing for kids? And he's like, absolutely, I can. Yeah, I. I don't think that's that's Randall. Kleiser's okay. Yeah. Deal. Give me. Give me his. Give me um, his so movies. We have Grease. What the shit? I what? know. I know. Director of Grease. Um, what? Yeah, he directed Grease. Fuck. That's bizarre. I know. And, so okay, weird. so then we have The Blue Lagoon. 
Do you know anything I do about not this know movie? anything about that movie. Okay, so it's star. It's it's about these two like kids who get like shipwrecked on an island, and like they're super young, and it's just about them like like essentially like sexually like exploring each other. There's a DS game like that. Oh yeah, uh, out of the blue. Or, or into the blue, yeah, something blue. that one. I it might that DS. It might lost at sea. Lost, lost, lost in blue. blue. Yeah, found it. So it's pretty wild, but it stars a fourteen-year-old Brooke Shields. Whoa. Yeah, and the Simpsons joke when Brooke Shields is presenting an award with uh, Krusty, and it's like, "You were in Blue Lagoon, Blue Lagoon, and I'm the blue-haired goon." And oh, Krusty's God. like, "That's the worst joke I've ever heard." That, yeah, the, yeah. She, apparently, she had to like testify before like Congress to like. So she, they could, like, establish that, like, none of, like, the sexy stuff that was going on involved her, that it was, like, a body double. Cause oh, my I, God. I haven't seen it, but they're, it's, like, pretty explicit, apparently. Holy like, it's shit. very much implied that they, like, have sex, and they're, like, super young. So it starts 14-year-old Brooke Shields, and oh, I did a little shit. digging, and the movie, like, the two movies that she did prior to that were also, like, movies where she had sex. Weird. Like, that was, just, like, her start was just, like, the kid who, like... And she's, like, a sexy kid. What's God, weird? That's weird. And she bounced back from that and, yeah, like, actually no, had a I'm good thinking about career. Brooke Shields now. She's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, a very strange, like, start. Like, she just, like, was, like, known as, like, the precocious child actor. Yeah. Or at least would be precocious on film. Yeah. That's um, kind of crazy. Yeah. So he did Blue Lagoon. Um, he did... Um, Big Top Pee Wee. I never saw that. <laughs> came out. I, I don't know if it was the last film before the whole movie theater incident, but it was a couple years before. When was the movie theater incident? Like early nineties. Was and it? Big I thought Top it was Pee-wee. way later than that. No, it was. It was really because there was like okay. Pee Wee stuff going on, and they had to no. like all pull all of it. Yeah, that's crazy. Bad marketing. Wow, idiot. Directed, and this is a deep cut for me. Honey, I blew up the kid. Oh uh, my not god! Not Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, I blew up the kids. And not the Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. No, no, not that no, piece of shit TV. The trilogy. Movie. Shut up. The <laughs> so trilogy. Sorry. Yeah, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Honey, I Blew Up the Baby. Or whatever it's called. I, I think Honey, I Blew Up the Kid is the second one. Yeah, I believe so. Because no, the baby's not in the second one. He's not. The baby's not in Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. So. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I think Honey, I Blew Up the Kid was the second one in the trilogy. Because I think that that I think that one actually went to theaters, and I think Honey We Shrunk Ourselves wasn't. In I thought the baby one was. No, I don't think so. I could be wrong. This is actually one last uh, box office thing. Like, number two, Robin Hood: Princess of Thieves. I did that well. Yeah. Wow. I've never seen it. Summer camp movie night movie yeah. oh, is totally like the that. place that like the, that it occupies in my mind. Number three, Beauty and the Beast. Mm. Number four, Signs of the Lambs, Best Picture winner. Mm, yep. The last film to win the Big Five, which is. Uh, picture director, uh, big four, picture director, actor, actress. Mm-hmm. And I think it won screenplay too. So oh, I damn. think that's considered the big five. Um, yeah, because the next one to do, almost do it was American Beauty, right. which was yeah. picture director Kevin Spacey. And, and then Annette Benning did not win, which was a crime. Yeah. Uh, number right. five, City Slickers. Six, Hook. Insane movie. Yeah. That movie is insane. <laughs> Adam's Family is number seven. Which, that's a fun one. It's cute. Yeah. yeah. Um, number eight, Sleeping with the Enemy. I've never seen, but that sounds like just one of that's about right. Um, Father of the Bride. Yes. Uh, great movie. Steve Martin. And number ten, Naked Gun. D- diminishing returns with those, but yeah. And then Fried Green Tomatoes. Wow. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two, Secret of the Ooze. That is horrible. Backdraft. I don't know that one. It's it's the one that's not Towering Inferno. Okay. And then 101 Dalmatians reissue. That was back when Disney still released the movies over and over again, like right. every seven yeah. years or so. Um, I don't know. We should probably wrap this up. 
Uh, so we rate everything out of rye grins mm-hmm. from Ethan. Yeah, out uh, of we, we had some very good rye grins in this movie. Had, it, there was that one scene that just made me like gasp out loud about how crooked his his teeth were. Yeah, he looked really goofy. He's it's so right. cute. So do we do we rank the film like as like overall like as a uh, in terms of quality based on like yeah, it's like three or, like, or the, the number of rye grins that we saw. No, 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 no. it's just like we for you like one one to five like how, how would you rate the film? I would say. Um, I would say three rye grins. Like it's it's. I agree. Uh, yeah, it's same. Honestly, solid. Um, there are definitely some issues. Um, gorgeous. It's yeah, gorgeous. Well it's made. absolutely beautiful. It great animals. Great scenery. Act, maybe not an acting powerhouse, but you know this is Ethan has his scenes. He's he's and this is his first like leading role where he's like the only like, he's really anchoring yeah. the entire yeah. thing. And he he steps into it pretty well. Definitely I think working so. out the kinks, but I think um it's a good reel for him for the future for sure. <laughs> The young star with a good career ahead of him. Exactly. Um, Go on, get out of here. That's very much what this movie feels like, is it's like kind of like a... His age and gone of it. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right, well, thank you so much for being our guest. Oh, thank thank you for driving down. This was very very fun. We'd like you to come back for the Moby Dick miniseries. Oh, I'm more than happy. (laughs) I'm more than happy. We won't watch all four hours of it. We'll just like... Eh, It's only four hours. I might try and convince you. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Um, All right, well... Thank you, and keep hawking the skies. Follow us on Twitter. We need to oh, remember yeah. to promote the Twitter account, if we can. Yes, the Twitter account is at hawk underscore cast. Do you have anything you want to plug? Um, you can follow me on, on Instagram. I'm trying to trying to up my, my, my followers. <laughs> your, your, your web presence. Yeah. I like when you post pictures of the posters of the movies you saw. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, need, to, need to get some, some more Ethan films in there. <laughs> um, but just at John LeMay, J-O-N-L-E-M-A-Y. You'll have to request that you follow me because I don't want my students to, to follow me. I so, understand. Yeah. So it's not that I don't want you to follow me. Just send me a request and it will, uh, will, will be good. I, too, do not want my students to follow me. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much. And keep hawking the skies. Bye.